0: Hope Podcast. I'm Luke Harrison. Uh, welcome to another day of 30 Days of Hope. Uh, we're here with Michael Roberts, who's on staff here. And so um, you can find this on mydonfolk.org slash blog to read along with kind of what we're reading along with the blog that he wrote. Um, so this is based on Matthew 7:11. so I'll just read it real quick. If you, in being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Um, So in writing something about hope, what made you pick Matthew
1: 7-11? In reading Matthew 7-11, I was at a point in my life where I didn't see much hope in the Christian community. Um. Most of the Christians I saw were suffering financially or suffering from sicknesses. Um, you know, most of the Christians I knew and grew up with um, never drove nice vehicles. You know, we're not supposed to compare material things, but they still kind of give us a bearing to what's going on. Sure. You know, there's still an element of fruit in people's lives. And, and I just didn't see that. I saw... You know, Christians not having the power over the common cold, much less anything, you know, like cancer, you know, or the biggies.
0: Yeah. You know, <laughs>
1: um, and then I um, I had read this verse a year before Matthew seven eleven hit me, and it says, this is Jesus speaking in Luke ten nineteen, and it says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I saw no evidence of that in church. I mean, the cold was hurting us. You know, bills were hurting us. Repairs on vehicles were hurting us. You know, we're hurting each other. You know, it just, I I didn't see that. And so um, having an awesome grandpa, having an awesome dad, you know, I just really grew up in a good family knowing that my dad was always going to take care of me. My grandpa always took care of my dad. And then I read Matthew seven eleven, and the previous verses talk about, you know, if you're going to seek, you're going to find. If you knock on the door, it'll be opened. And what man out there, if your son asks for, for bread, would you give him a stone? Or if he asked for a fish, would you give him a snake? And I'm like, well, that, that's absurd. I would never do that to my kids. Yep. And then I read, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more would your heavenly fo- your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him and it just blew me away that he loves us way more than I could ever love my own kids and at that point, um I just had the two boys and they were still young, probably um two and three, and I just remembered thinking if they were sick and it was in my power to heal them, I'd heal them. If they were broke and it was in my power to bless them, I'd bless them. I wouldn't ask. I wouldn't, they wouldn't have to ask me. They wouldn't have to pray earnestly that their dad would help them. They wouldn't have to you know, make all these petitions or do all their chores right or have all these things that we've grown up with learning in, in a, a church system. No matter what label is on that building, that church system teaches us that we have to do things to get things. Yeah. And that's the way our society teaches us. is If you want a paycheck, you have to perform the job. And you have to perform it well if you want to, you know, advance. And so there's this performance-based system that we've all grown up with. And, and it's, you know, that's what it is. And, you know, there's still an element to that. But at the same time, with my kids, I don't care what their performance is. I'm going to take care of them. And then it says, if you then being evil. <laughs> His love for us compared to my love for my kids is comparatively evil. That blows my mind. I can't wrap my head around how much he really loves us and how much he really wants to take care of us. And that just... It set me on a course of knowing that I was missing something. And it set me on a course of knowing I was missing something. Not like, oh, geez, what's going on? Oh, man. It was... Wow, there's something bigger. There's something greater. There's awesomeness out there that the Christian community hasn't tapped into as a whole. There's a bunch that are. There's a bunch that aren't. I was one that aren't. <laughs> so um, that's that's what really set me on the path to. Um, we ended up going to a men's advance up here in Woodland Park, and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, which was crazy um, and then the next night the Lord called me to go to Bible college I've been waiting to go to Bible college for 20 years and then it happened and it wasn't until I could see the hope of what could happen that he called me and so that's that's why I chose this verse for hope was because it, it set me on a path of knowing there's something greater and it set me on a path of understanding that that love that God has for us is beyond anything we could ever compare to. Yeah. And it just it was amazing. So
0: and that's what I talked like I just uh um, the podcast I recorded with Joyce that just posted today, which would be day five if you're going back at this. Um she was talking about God's love too, just from her perspective was like she lived in Belize and was having to ride the bus and the buses in Belize are not like nice buses here and we don't like our buses here. So <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, you know what? I'm not riding the bus anymore. And then it was just experiences of her car getting fixed or a friend just kind of showing up when she needed a ride um, and stuff like that. And then your example, of, you know, your kids, it's like, is there a greater love in from human to human than, a father or mother to their kids. Like, I don't really think so. And so that, like, (laughs) that times however many is unfathomable. Right, right. That's just crazy. Yeah, it was shortly after that, um,
1: after being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and understanding that God doesn't want us to be sick way more than I don't want my own kids to be sick. Yeah. That I get home and... Um, my daughter at that time was about a year old and she wasn't feeling good, started running a fever. And the next day my wife took her to the, um, took her to the hospital and they ran blood tests and sure enough, she had the flu. And if any of you have had small kids before, um, kids are nasty. They're disgusting animals. They pick their (laughs) nose, they slobber on stuff. They, you know, it just, you know, they, they. They don't clean up after themselves. They're they're pretty disgusting animals. I mean, yeah, that's just kind of the way it is. So when the flu comes about in a house with three kids under the age of five, man, that's a mess. I mean, you talk about you better have towels washed, you better have bleach ready, you better have Clorox wipes and Lysol and. You know, there's going to be puke everywhere, and then mom and dad are going to get sick, and somebody's, you know, mom and dad are going to miss work. So then paychecks are going to be short. So you better stock up on ramen noodles. And, you know, (laughs) after it hits round one, you know, most likely it's going to hit round two, and sometimes it'll even go round three. I've experienced that. But then after seeing this and reading this and understanding this, I said no. And I laid hands on my little girl and I said, Flu be gone. Fever broke, she never threw up, and nobody else in the house got sick. And that was when I realized, why aren't we living this way? Yeah, That's crazy. The flu has no place in us because God loves us. That's the flu. We're used to that flu. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But what else doesn't have place in us because God loves us? Cancer. Diseases, cold, flu, doesn't yeah. matter. It has no place. You know, and that's, I would heal anybody in my family if it was within my power. And that doesn't even scratch the
0: surface of how much God loves us. Yeah. And you think that's, about the, the the feeling that he must get all the time, you know, because, you know, he kind of gave us the keys and then we kind of messed it up. and Yeah so you do have to have those moments where you actually take your authority because it's your authority and you safely be gone you know because and then so many people don't do that And like if you think about having to watch your kids suffer and you keep, like they're just they have it right there the ability to not and you yeah. yep. the f- amount of frustration <laughs> yeah
1: yep <laughs> it be i might crazy I, I see it. I mean, uh, there's a lot of scriptures now that having kids has really, really woke me up and opened my eyes. I read scriptures completely different now being a father than I did before. I mean, it's just nuts. I mean, I there's not anything I wouldn't do for my kids. You know, I'd, I I don't know how this lines up scripturally, but I, I would kill for my kids. I, I would do anything for my kids. If my kids were in harm, I'd put a stop to it, no matter the cost. Yeah. You know, I. it's just crazy. Um, it was right about the time I read this verse, we had moved to a house, and this house, the street that goes in front of the house, nobody had lived on that street for quite a while that had kids. And so people would come off the highway and be ripping down that road like 50, 60 miles an hour, and the speed limit's 30. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was, and it's right on the county line. So everybody just ripped and roared through there. And our front door to the road was like 10 yards, 12 yards. And my kids played out in the front yard. And so it it really kind of got me nervous for a while. And I didn't know what to do about it. And I was starting to get upset. And finally, I just started walking out in the middle of the street. And people would lock their brakes up to keep from hitting me. And I'd be like, hey, got kids here i'm teaching them not to play in the road but you could slow down and help me out you know i was willing to put my life at risk and get run over to protect my kids and at one point i even remember reluctantly looking back on it um i remember walking up to a teenager's window and i looked at this teenager and i said you run over one of my kids and i will go to prison you know and his eyes got real big and it was that love that was inside of me when I read Matthew seven eleven, you know I, I miss it. There's still fleshly stuff involved there, but that love was big enough that I would put anything of myself at risk for my kids. And then I read Matthew seven eleven and I'm going, "Oh my gosh, this,
0: this, wow, Wow. <laughs> It was just awesome. Well, and talk about, you know, God did give his only begotten son. And not only, like, you kind of read that verse and it's everywhere. And so everybody kind of gets used to that verse. But he sent his son down to a place where there is pain from a place where there was no pain. Yeah. And then his son experienced more pain than any of us have ever experienced. And while that was happening, you know, my God, why have you forsaken me? He had to turn his back on him for while that yeah. was happening and not. And one
1: verse in Isaiah sixty-five or sixty-three, I can't remember for sure. It might be sixty-four, maybe it's in between the two, where they talk about you know by his stripes we were healed, and you hear that verse quoted all the time. But then two verses down, it got it talks about it pleased God for his son to be bruised to restore that relationship with us. Yeah. It pleased God because it saved so many of us. Yes. yes and, and set back happened. his original purpose of having relationship with us to get to enjoy that love yeah. to get to enjoy what he wanted from the get-go and so that was that that's one verse that's always stuck out to me was that it pleased God he didn't do it reluctantly he yeah. didn't send his son reluctantly I mean that that's just awesome <laughs> you know that's
0: that's really cool I I can't fathom that kind of love and that's the length that he was willing to go to just to have. I mean, it didn't, you know, we still have a choice. You know, there's people who believe in mm. Jesus and there's people who don't. And he went through all that, giving up his son and everything, just to have a shot at a relationship with us. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. And that's, like, he didn't even need a guarantee, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it
1: was good stuff.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. So your prayer at the end, um, I'll just read it real quick. You said, Dear God, you love me more than I can ever fathom. I want to tune in to how much you love me more and more each and every day, Lord. So, you know, why'd you write that prayer that way? I guess is my question. It's it's pretty simple, but you said I want to tune in to how much you love me more. So, just you know, the simplicity of it is to tune in, and
1: everybody has their own um, reflection or view or opinion of how to tune in. Some. Some people tune in by going on hikes. Some people tune in with praise and worship. Some people tune in with a good sermon. Some people tune in in their closet. Some people tune in out in nature. And so the, the tuning in is just a uh, a phrase to be aware and just be open minded and you know keep your eyes and your ears open because you're gonna you're gonna see the way God loves you and you're gonna hear the way God loves you and you'll get to experience that more and more every day. I mean, that's, to me, that's if we could just understand how much he loves us. Yeah. You know, I, I love the analogy of being able to trust God like children. You know, my, my kids, they have never once asked me if they're going to get food. Yeah. They've never once asked me if they're going to have clothes to wear. They've never once asked me if they're going to get to sleep in the house. You know, they, that stress isn't there. That that concern isn't there. They know they're taken care of. My kids know with, they don't even, I don't even know that they consciously think about how much they're taking care of. They just know it. They just, it's, yeah, it's just, it's given. there. It's like you're going to provide a given. for them yeah. because you just are. It's a given. But yet how much as adults Do we have that kind of faith in God? Not very often. Do we have that confidence? That it's something that we don't even consider consciously? I mean, (laughs) I can talk big about it right now, reading these verses and, you know, doing the devotion, but quite honestly, those things concern me a lot. And and that's sad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't consciously be worried about those things because I'm God's child. Yeah. You know? And so that's, that was why I wanted to keep the prayer simple because then, um, in, in my own mind and in my own heart, I just feel that anybody can plug that into any walk or any stage of life they're in or any stage of Christian development, you know, no Christian, heavy duty Christian, however you want to name it. Um, Tuning in and learning more is always available. I I don't care if you're the closest person in, you know, to God's side
0: or the furthest. That that is, we can all tune in and learn more. Yeah, and and this, uh, it's funny that you said have that confidence because well I, probably said this on every podcast. So if you're just binging the podcast, I'm repeating myself, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But. I think every podcast that I've recorded so far has had to do with confidence in God. Yeah. Which the, I mean, you know, it's kind of a weird time right now. And so hope is what we're focusing on. And confidence in God gives you hope. But it's just, if you have confidence that God loves you, like more than any father on earth loves his kids or any of that, that's just unbelievable. And you can see it anywhere. You can walk outside and it's like, he created all of this literally just to have relationship with us as human beings. That's literally the goal. (laughs) And I can't even imagine what it takes. Like he longed for relationships so much that he did all this and gave us free will that, and we screwed it up and he still kept pursuing us for eternity. He's kept pursuing us, you know? Right.
1: You know, it's funny. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of verses with confidence and, and, you know, that um, Philippians 3, 3, or 3, 4. Um, for, you know, it's 3, 3. Philippians 3, 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. You know, our, our confidence has to be in the spirit and in Christ. You know, and that, that's ending in that, love. <laughs> that <laughs> love that we can't fathom is where our confidence needs to be. Yeah. You know, that's, that's hope and confidence. I'm, I, man, I'm almost certain
0: there's a verse that's hope and confidence together. Yeah. Right? I can't recall it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, it, and it's like that confidence in your flesh is what causes worry about all these things. Cause you. Yeah. Nobody is one hundred percent confident in themselves, no matter who says it or does no. right, right. You know, and so you worry about, you know, rent this month or truck payment this month or anything because it's just like you and yourself may or may not be capable of making that, but that's yeah. not where your confidence needs to be. Yeah. It needs to be in God because it's like, you know, William couldn't pay the bills. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. William's his oldest son. But he could try really hard and he might make a few bucks, but he's, is he 10? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not going to happen. He's not going to get a job that pays enough, you know? Yeah. So, but he has, he has 100% faith in you to do it. He doesn't worry about it ever. I bet you he's never had a thought (laughs) about whether or not the rent's paid, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And that's just how we need to be. Um, Do you have anything else? No, I think that'll do it. All right, cool. Uh, Thanks for listening. Keep your eye out tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day <laughs> for the rest of these. Thank you for listening to the Dawn of Hope podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast feed and turn on notifications for more conversations and audio versions of Sunday's teachings. Our Sundays begin with a light breakfast at nine thirty. The service begins at 10 o'clock groups and Bible studies throughout the week include undivided young adults groups Sunday evenings at five o'clock bring young adults from all walks of life together. Follow up Wednesdays at 6:30 on Wednesdays, a conversational Bible study based off of Sunday's topics led by Michael Roberts. Prophetic writing on Thursdays at 6:30, hearing God's voice through journaling led by Joanna Harrison. All events are at Donafoe Branch at 178 Palmer Drive in Florissant, Colorado. If you would like to donate to Don of Hope, you can visit mydonofhope.org and click the Donate button on the sidebar. If you're interested in holding an event at the ranch or would like more info on anything that we do, please call us at 719-687-3425 or send us an email at info at Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Donfo Podcast.